Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, October 6th, 2023. I'm your host, George Kurt, joined by the one and only Cody Roadcap. Cody, entering week five, how you feeling? Fantasy-wise or personal-wise? Because I think the answers are a little bit different. So I'll go personal. Feeling great. That's good. Um, fantasy, hopefully you bring it back a little bit. Your World Cup team's two and two, so you're on the rebound there at least. But we'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll find you some good advice to help fix your teams as we go through the games this in this episode. Uh, so this is our normal, um, at, you know, I should say preview episode that we do with the group uh on fridays we also have an, a bonus episode that comes out with cody recapping that week in the couch gyms world cup that'll come out earlier in the week um make sure you follow us on our social medias to keep up with that and even more we're on facebook twitter instagram tiktok at the couch gms and as always drop a comment or drop a dm if you have any questions fantasy questions that you want answered and we'll either put them on the show or we'll answer you directly through our chat Speaking of chatting, Cody, why don't you why don't we just sit back, relax, and chat? Hate starting off our conversations like this, but first off, thoughts and prayers out to the Bears and the Butkus family as we learned that Dick Butkus has passed away at age 80, right before we recorded the show here. So never a great way to start off, but thinking of everyone involved with dick butkus his family his former teammates for sure uh like you said definitely hate to start the show off this way um but it broke right as we were hitting the record button so wanted to throw that out there uh the linebacker was a pretty integral part of the bears and their history definitely missed they kept the packers bears rivalry arrived with uh i believe it I think was the the family relationship is the offensive line coach for the Packers. So the the Bears, Packers, Dick Buckus, the Buckus family, uh, integral part of the NFL. So uh, unfortunately, he passed away at the age of eighty. And thoughts and prayers to him and his family. I think we have to try to pick it back up here with the big news this week being a trio of offensive powerhouse players, at least potentially. Coming back from various some, uh, I don't even know. I was gonna say injuries, but it's not all injuries. Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Jamison Williams. Um, I, let's just start with Jamison Williams. Um, very much unknown with him because obviously he only played a partial season last year. A lot of upside, but like not like an absolute you know stud player so far in his career, but. He is back from his gambling suspension that was supposed to be six weeks long, was shortened to four weeks when the NFL had changed their rules on betting on other sports inside team facilities and, you know, softened that suspension a bit. I'm glad it also affected these guys that were on this list. That would have been a little bit tough if you're like, no, you still have to sit six games, even though uh, we changed this rule to making it four, but. I don't think any of us are going to play Jamison Williams off the bat, but I hope if you stashed him, you keep him on your bench for a week. We see what kind of um, traction he can get in his first game this season. What are your thoughts on how it's going to play out for Jamison Williams? Yeah, uh, I have Jamison Williams in a league or two, and it was time to activate him. And I was debating, do I do I cut him for somebody else? Like, where do I put with him? Because we don't know what's going to happen. And we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But the Lions are dealing with 
some injury issues at the wide receiver position as we speak. So uh, I decided to keep him in most leagues, see what the unknown is. He was, you know, a top pick in last year's draft. Had a really good season coming off an ACO. Hopefully he can finally put it together and be a piece for that Lions offense. 100% moving to Jonathan Taylor, the most interesting situation of the group. As we were under assumption originally that he wasn't even really going to, you know, go on any, you know, PUP or injury list or whatever because we didn't think the injury he sustained was that bad. Unsure if that's still the case or not, but he's eligibly activated this week. He's his fight with the front office is apparently on pause as he was a full participant in practice in the first practice this week. He could play as early as this week. I don't think the injury is going to hold him back, but I am just still very concerned as long as he's still on the Colts with how the whole thing's going to break out with how bad this feud's been. Yeah, I mean, he was asked about it uh, on Wednesday at his locker room uh, after his initial practice, and he basically said he was going to play. He was going to – he dodged questions about the, the standoff with the front office. So it seems like they're going to at least – as much as this has been in the headlines, they're at least going to try to make this uh, be behind closed doors for the rest of the season. I wouldn't rule out a trade potentially for him still to take place in the next couple of weeks, uh, but it does sound like he'll be back playing for the Colts, and heck, maybe he'll have a couple of good games, and the Colts will be like, you know what? You're healthy. You're you're balling out. You're one of our key players, and we'll get that contract extension done. I think we talked about this a week or two ago Uh Every outcome that seems possible, Jonathan Taylor, whether he gets a four-year extension, got traded, stayed on PUP all season, like every outcome was possible. Obviously, now him coming back to play or staying on PUP is no longer an option, but uh, I still think there's a lot of unknown when it comes to Jonathan Taylor. Technically, he could still stay on PUP as the practice window thing is just... 21 days they have the, they have to activate him in that 21 days and if they do not he moves to season ending pup or ir so there still is the chance that that happens but it seems like it's becoming less and less when you see him as a full participant in practice and having that practice window opened um would not be shocked if he goes this week do you play him this week if you have him and you see he's active uh no i don't uh, I, it would be tough not to, uh, but I'm not playing Zach Moss either, and I don't want to get too ahead of our preview for the matchup, but it's the Tennessee Titans, one of the top three uh, teams, or I guess it would be top three lowest teams allowing points to the fantasy running back. So that is why it's more of matchup first game back. we kind of seen it a little bit with Josh Jacobs too. Yeah, he wasn't coming out of injury. He was coming off of a holdout, but he's taken a couple weeks. We saw him last week start to get his legs underneath him. So uh, you might have to because buy start this week, but uh, if you can, I'd avoid JT. You got it this far without him. I think you can wait another week. I hope so. And if you're an own four team and you don't have much of anything, you Hashtag can take yellow. the Hail Mary throw and just go for it. Like it's not like definitely don't play him, but I would play it safe as well if you have the other options. Cooper Cup, is it the same exact thing there? We saw he was listed as a limited participant in practice as they opened his practice window on Wednesday, but Sean McVay kind of said it was, we listed him as limited. He was pretty much full. Um, obviously, this is injury-related. It's a little different than the front office beef, but are we taking it slow with Cup as well? 
No, I'm playing. I'd play Cooper Cup. Okay, I'm glad you say that because in our league of record, I am hurting with these bye weeks and injuries and everything else. And Cooper Cup has got to be my saving grace here. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you you wouldn't play Cooper Cup at this. You know, it, it's tough because we've seen, you know, Puka Nakua break on the scene. Tutu Atwell has looked good. Like, I think that it brings questions about those two guys. Uh, not that I wouldn't, maybe not Tutu Atwell with Cooper Cup return. I'd probably still Puka. But if they play similar roles, like does those 15 targets a game just go back to Cooper Cup and Nakua becomes a second thought? Like, that is a realm of possibility. Uh, so, again, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, uh, but I'd play Cup this week. And if you're worried about both of them potentially being fantasy relevant, Matt Stafford's first year there, they had both Cooper Cup and OBJ as both fantasy relevant players for about half a season after OBJ ends up going there through, I forget if it was trade or waivers, no. but yeah, it was, he got released. So OBJ yeah, was so only was really waivers. there. You're thinking of Robert Woods before he tore his ACL. Well, that's true too. I wasn't even thinking about that. Robert Woods and Cup were both relevant, and then Woods tore his ACL, and Cup and Odell were both. Stafford can maintain two fantasy relevant wide receivers, so he's done it with Atwell so far as well as Nakua. I would not be shocked if it just switches to Nakua and Cup, um, and I think we're going to be good there. Yeah, and then our last little bit thing before we jump into our Week Five preview, uh, I saw this rumor uh, going around the internet uh, again. Emphasis on the rumor uh but it's you know trade season and fantasy football trade season and the nfl will start to heat up here in the next couple of weeks and apparently the carolina panthers are interested in a number one wide receiver to go with uh bryce young they want to go all in with him uh but adam thielen although he's getting a lot of targets they want a difference maker uh which one I think is interesting because they literally gave up DJ Moore, which they would have had this if they didn't do that. <laughs> but besides wrong. the point, they probably couldn't have got to the number one pick to get Brees Hall without giving up DJ Moore. So, uh, but some of the names that have been linked to them, uh, apparently they reached out to the Bengals about T. Higgins. That one seems a little bit less likely. I think the interesting one would be Hollywood Brown uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. They're a rebuilding team. It's been reported that Hollywood, you know, Hollywood came there to play with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray might not be there next year, depending on how their season progresses. So would they to move on, maybe recoup something like that? First of all, what are your thoughts on the Panthers trying to make a splash move early into Bryce Young? And do any of these options intrigue you? Uh, What are my thoughts on the Panthers making a splash move? Uh, I'm only questioning the timing. I love the fact that they want to get a solid wide receiver one for Bryce Young. Um, and I think the options, both Hollywood Brown and T Higgins would be great fits for that offense. But why at 0-4 are you worried about this year coming out there and making that big move? I'm thinking like, do you go try to grab your guy early in the first round next year? Do they have a first round pick next year? What did they no. trade to move up? That they they don't have a first round pick, so that's why they're looking Got in it. the trade market now, mm-hmm. is because they're not going like, to be in the market for one of the top end wide receivers, which is a pretty good class coming up, very good quarterback class too. So true, but, like, um, we don't but like talk drafts and week four. No, we don't. Unless they think they can get a really big 
discount by trading for someone at the trade deadline as opposed to trading for someone in the offseason next year or trying to go out there and get whatever free agent, like top free agent wide receivers on the market next year. I don't think it makes sense to make the trade in season right now. Um, is that crazy? I, I guess I don't understand the, the thought process behind what you're thinking. Like, why not? If you're going to say you're going to get T Higgins in the free agency this offseason, why not trade for him now to get him, you know, seven extra games or heck, because 10 extra games? draft capital? You already don't have a first round pick. What do you have to give up to get T Higgins? Like, it doesn't seem like the price tag's that lower. He would have been traded in the offseason when the Bengals were already shopping him. What's the price tag for Hollywood Brown? Like, is it a second or third round pick? Are they just recouping their, you know, what their comp pick would be for letting one of those guys leave? I don't know where Hollywood Brown is in his contract. Um, I think he has an extra year or two. But, like, I think if the, the point of the move is to get a guy for Bryce Young, the quicker you can get them in there, the better. Is it the best move, you know, from a team building standpoint to go another high draft pick to not for, you know, a budding, you know, essentially Hollywood Brown, I don't know if you can still consider him a budding star. He's still pretty young, but mm -hmm. T Higgins is a budding star. Uh, maybe there'll be another guy and maybe it ends up not being one of these high profile names. Like maybe it's a Deontay or a, you know, I can't think of any other, everyone else. I think <laughs> maybe, uh, like off the top of my head, that could be like that lower tier wide receiver one per se, uh, something along those lines. I got you. No, I mean, I guess it's not absurd. I was just a little bit shocked to see an zero and four team being as you know being pegged as a buyer. Um, but why not be aggressive? I guess you convinced me at least a little bit. Hey, I mean, let's not forget, like they went all in. They traded up to get uh, Bryce Young. And then they also, they, they didn't bring in a young coach. They brought in Frank Reich on his second stop. They got Elijah uh, Evero, uh, the defensive coordinator that, that from Buffalo last year in that mess. Uh, so like they have some like win now pieces too, despite having the rookie quarterback again, I get it. It's four and zero, but you don't have a first round pick. So if you can, you know, third to your third this year and a third next year and get a solid guy to like help round out your offense, like, and maybe get yourself to, you know, five or six wins. Why not? And as a Packers fan, like, yeah, let's not have the Bears have pick one and two, please. With Ben Johnson, yeah, Caleb right. Williams, and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Let's not do that. Yeah, we're good. Um, I think that wraps up all the news that we have to hit. So, Cody, why don't we uh, jump into some week five games, week five preview? Cody mentioned it in the last segment. Bye weeks begin this week. We are missing players from the Cleveland Browns, the LA Chargers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're, we're getting ready for bye again. So not quite there yet, but the bye battle also is spooky season. It is also spooky, spooky season. So that kind of works. Not sure. <laughs> um, that, that was pretty good. I, I did not know that was coming. Um, I, I didn't tell you. <laughs> I also want to mention really quick how Cody show, told me before the show that there's two random weeks in the middle of bye weeks that there's just buys don't exist week eight and week 12. So we'll enjoy our buys from the buy at that point. But for now, four teams 
And then we also have a game over in London again. So be sure to set your lineups early or on Saturday night for the 930 game with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills. Jaguars second straight week across the pond over in London. Um, and on the Bills side, the big news is Vaughn Miller is going to travel with the team and he could play this week. Let's hope he gets himself fully healthy and get through the rest of the year. That'd be a big boost for that Bills defense. 100%. And if you remember back to the, like, it was like borderline. We even put him PUP and they eventually said, hey, we're going to put you on PUP because we're going to need you rest of season. So he seems like he has a green light. Uh, probably won't play like his normal snap amount, but just to get him back out there, get him acclimated would be pretty good. I think it's very interesting. I believe this is the first time we've ever had a team play back to back there. And of course, it's London's home to Jacksonville Jaguars. And while I do expect the Bills to win that game, I do think that gives them a little bit of advantage. Uh, I know they're technically the away team, but I do feel like as many times they've played over there, being there last week uh, definitely gives them a little bit, maybe maybe five and a half, a little bit too much if you're if you're in the the betting space. Um, and I yeah, do they're think acclimated is, to the. There's no jet lag going on anymore. You're right. Right. And uh, I do think this is a NFL Plus exclusive game. So I don't know if that'll still play on NFL Network, but uh, or if it's just truly NFL Plus exclusive. So maybe you start up that free trial if you don't have access to one of those. And if you already used it in the preseason to get the preseason games, that's where that second email comes in, right? Uh, no. No? Make sure you're watching us on YouTube so you can catch that. Um. <laughs> Anyway, um, anything interesting to look at in fantasy here? I mean, I feel like this game's probably pretty straightforward. This Bills uh, defense has not been quite as stifling as it has been in the past. So, like, your normal Jags are probably good to go. Um, I guess the person with the biggest question is Trevor Lawrence. I know there's been a lot of quarterbacks kind of breaking out through free agency. I've mentioned their names a million times, so I'll save you for them for the moment. But um, are you still rolling with trevor lawrence in a matchup like this or are you trying to find another option again i'll say it depends on what your option is but if you know if like kirk cousins got dropped after his bad week last week because he was already a fringe waiver wire and you were able to pick him up i'd play him over uh trevor lawrence i'd play jared goff i or I'll, i'd probably still play cj stroud over him at this point uh, he's just been so inconsistent and not being able to get the ball in the end zone, the Jags have struggled to score points and you might say, well, this is a really good matchup to score points. It could be a shootout. Um, and there is that still opportunity. That's the one thing about Trevor Lawrence is we, he can be inconsistent, but he can throw up, you know, three fifty and three tutties any given week. So I'm not like pulling you him out of my lineup just to play somebody different, but I am at least looking at the waiver wire options, seeing if there's anybody else I want to stream, this week because Josh Allen, he's probably going to have a good week and hopefully you're not having the Josh Allen versus Trevor Lawrence in your fantasy matchup. Cause that will not be very fun. Very true there, but all right. I think that can actually wrap up the London game. Pretty simple one there. We can move to the one o'clock window, one o'clock East window, as we have the New York giants traveling down South to the Miami dolphins. I think everyone's starting to catch on to the Giants' struggles as they're, 12 and a half point underdogs going into Miami. 
I know Miami is a powerhouse of a team right now, too, but they are coming off of a loss to Buffalo last week. Um, <laughs> Saquon, limited participant in practice. There was a chance that he was going to play on Monday night because he was listed as doubtful. Um, that's faster than we all expected. Would you have him as a go? If he's in, is he one of those guys that's like, if he's in the Giants lineup, he's in your lineup? Yeah, for 100%. If Saquon is playing, I'm I'm playing Saquon this week. And if Saquon plays, I would take the Giants plus the points. I think he's a huge difference maker for that offense. If, uh, and yes, I know it's the Miami Dolphins. It's they're gonna they they're two weeks removed from that 70 point game. Like, yeah, I understand why the, the over under is very high, and maybe Vegas knows that Saquon's not gonna play. That's why it's so much of a point spread, but. I would play Saquon for sure, but he's the only giant I would play, and that includes Darren Waller. Interesting. Like, even against some of the dartboard tight ends, like Luke Musgrave. I don't know. Sorry, hit me. What? All right. I said at this, Darren Waller is, we we got really high on him on the preseason, uh, but he is like borderline cuttable, if not just straight cuttable at this point. Maybe tradable with the main value. See, see, I'm a little different on this one because, like, I mentioned last week that, like, that was my last chance that I was giving Kyle Pitts. It was a green matchup. He only ever scores off of American soil. He completely dropped the ball again, and he's done. I'm done with him. He's droppable, in my opinion. This is my last shot with Darren Waller in my in, in my mind. Like, it's a green matchup. The Dolphins, as good as they are, they give up points, especially to the tight end. The Giants did have him have one good week. Like, I am totally good with rolling with him this week. And then if he drew, if he doesn't do anything again, then, yeah, I agree with you. He's droppable. But I think until that point in my mind, because tight ends are hard to go by, he's in my lineup if I have him. Unless I ended up having another one of those top tight ends. Like, I drafted two and I have a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey or a Mark Andrews or something like that. Well, if you did that, you shouldn't have been playing Darren Waller in the first place. Uh, Agreed. But yeah, and and his as good is like seven and a half points, something like that. So it's not. But like, he's still probably like tight end five with all those horrible weeks. With how bad this has been, it's been worse than uh, usual. I swear. Yeah, he. I mean, he's only seen about three targets uh, a game, or not, or three only having about three catches a game. Uh, that one game he had six. So. And I, I think, and this is like, if you're at the 4-0 mark or 0-4 mark or 1-3, like you got to start figuring out what you can do differently to make your team better. And Darren Waller is a guy that we saw in the preseason. We thought he was having the big breakout. We got a reliable weapon. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, that surprise. It's surprising, but, you know, Daniel Jones is not playing like we saw him play last year. They got Wandell Robinson back. That's another guy that eats up the middle of the field. Like, I think if you can still trade because of name value, that's what I would try to do. But yeah, I would. I wouldn't play him this week. Uh, Darren Waller or Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz. Darren Waller or Tyler Higby? Tyler Higby. Darren Darren Waller or Logan Thomas? I know that's a Thursday one. You know, I, I didn't catch that at first. We'll see if you're right or wrong beforehand. Okay. On that one, because I believe Logan Thomas was on the injury report, and I don't even know if he's playing. He I'll is playing. 
Oh, so he's not inactive? He is not inactive. Oh, that game is going to be so bad. I yeah. mean, uh, I mean, we didn't mention we record this on Thursday night before the game. It was probably completely horrible, but sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I would probably still... Like, I'm not in on playing Darren Wall this week. So probably play Logan Thomas. I think it's a better chance to catch okay. a touchdown. All right, then. So that tells you how low Cody is on Darren Waller. I'm sticking with Waller over those guys for one more week, and if he proves me wrong, he's out. Jake Ferguson, um, too. I'd play him over that. Oh, Jake Ferguson, I would play over him. No, I, that I agree with. Anyone in the top, what is that? Four, five, six, seven, eight, minus Cole Komet, because Cole Komet just had one lucky game with two touchdowns. And it's funny how two touchdowns get you all the way up to tight end four with how bad this you know, tight end class has been this year. That is true. <laughs> um, uh, anyone else you want to talk about on the Giants or Dolphins? Uh, Josh or Dolphins. Sorry, I was just thinking how I, it took me a while to find how low Darren Waller was. He's currently tight. He's end. currently tight end twelve. With how bad he's been, he's tight end twelve. That's right. I didn't have my thing switched to. Uh, he's. I see him as thirteen, but that doesn't matter. I could have miscounted too. I don't know, but it's all uh, Miami Dolphins wise. Uh, any, I think you can play both Mostert and a chain. I think that's worth mentioning uh, this week in a, in a positive matchup. Uh, Waddle Tyreek Hill, you know, the, the deal Two is a good stream this week or just a good player. I don't think, I think he's past the streamer point at this moment uh, in the season. Good to know. All right. Moving on to the next matchup, the Carolina Panthers, who won a wide receiver one, going against the Detroit Lions. Uh, only major hit on the injury report for the Panthers is Miles Sanders, listed as a limited participant. He's been in a heck of a split with Chuba Hubbard, more than I expected for how much money they gave him, but um, it's making it tough to play either of them right now. Well, Sanders was like a surprise play last week in general. Like he wasn't supposed to play, ended up playing. So I think the split, especially last week, was a a big reason for the the Chubert thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't play. It's it's tough because running backs so thin. So like when I say I wouldn't play Miles Sanders, I probably would, uh, just because of how, especially with bye weeks, like you're missing, you know, you're not missing a ton of great running backs. You are missing Kenneth Walker, Austin Eckler, Jerome Ford. And Rod White. So those are the kind of the running backs you're missing. So he's probably in that like Rashad White category. Like if you have to play him because you're missing that guy, okay. Uh, and there are other some big ones. But yeah, I definitely get the hesitation with that. And then Thielen would still be a flex play just because he's seeing so many targets. Uh, but outside of that, there's not really any Panthers in my opinion. I agree with that. I was just going to make sure you mentioned Thielen as well. So doing the Lions side of the ball, Amra St. Brown still did not participate in practice on Thursday. Josh Reynolds was limited. And um, yeah, I almost said Javante Williams or Jonathan Williams. It's Jamison Williams. There's too many Jay Williams that have been or are in this league. I can never keep them straight in my head. At least they don't still have Jamal on the team. So there wasn't two Jay Williams. That's very true. Jay Williams. I've been... It's already bad enough that they have Josh Reynolds and our boy Craig Reynolds. Um, they had two Williams, too. I don't think I'd be able to keep the line straight at all. Um, 
he was a full participant. Jamison Williams was a full participant. No injury designation. Not really shocking there as he's coming off the suspension. But um, I'm not playing him even if Amrod doesn't go. I do think that that gives a little bit of intrigue to Josh Reynolds as we were getting ready to kind of like usher him out, hoping that Jamison Williams took that spot. He could end up being a wide receiver one on that team and have some decent value this week. Yeah, I mean, I think if Amrod's out, Sam Laporta is their number one target, the rookie out of Iowa. He's in balling, and I did just want to go back to Jamison Williams. It was interesting to me that he was on the injury report, not injury related. I get it because he's coming off of a suspension, but I do wonder if him be if they put him on there, if he's not going to play this week as they work him back, or like why else would you put him on? So that's that's an injury report. I would continue to play. Like they might have to put him on there with the ex- expectation that he's going to be ruled out before the game. Could be over overthinking it, overlooking it. Maybe they're required to come on there because he hasn't played. He didn't play in the game prior. I don't. I don't know the f- exact workings of the the injury report, uh, but that was something that at least threw up a red flag or maybe a, a yellow flag. That's a good point. Something I hadn't thought of there. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, other than that, I think we have to talk running backs for half a second because David Montgomery's the guy. It's just kind of a lock at this point that a team that spent so much draft capital on a rookie running back and celebrated the way they did when they drafted Jameer Gibbs to now really not use him in any significant type of snap count or touch count is absolutely baffling to me. It has really hurt a lot of fantasy players who put the stock in, you know, the zero or hero running back strategy, relying on someone like a Jameer Gibbs to be potentially running back one or two. Um, now having to scramble for this beginning of the season, but I'm not playing Gibbs in my lineup until I start to see a better shift in his favor. And I am smashing the play button on David Montgomery. If you're lucky enough to have him. Yeah. If you have David Montgomery, definitely play him. And it might just end up being one of those guys to talk about next season. Look at their, you know, Jamil Gibbs is going to the third round. David Montgomery is going to the 10th round, but it might turn out that we just overlooked it. Um, and I think because they are, you know, they don't just play their high-skilled player rookies. You have to have some concerns about Jamison Williams, too, as he works his way back as well. I will say, Jameer Gibbs, with his talent and his ability, he would be a guy that I'm not trading up a lot for. Like, I agree with you. I'm not playing him. But in the next couple of weeks, like, if he continues on this trajectory, I might try and target him and hope that he becomes, like, the second-half RB1 or RB2 like because he has that big play, that breakout ability as he becomes more and more acclimated with the offense. That, and I mean, through David Montgomery's time with the Bears, we do notice he tends to miss a game or two in the second half of the year, most years with some kind of bang-up injury just because he's, he's already missed one. Back. He's already missed one. Would not be shocked if he misses a week or two again. Jameer Gibbs might end up being an Alexander Madison a behind Dalvin Cook situation at some point too. You never really know. For sure, but that's enough for that matchup. Let's move on to our next one. The Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers are four and a half point underdogs. Uh, the big news is Pat Frymuth did not practice. Actually, that's not the big news. The big news is despite looking like a serious injury, it looks like Kenny Pickett avoided a major injury. And as of Thursday, is a full participant moving up for a limited. Seems like he'll be good to go and it will not be. Mitch Trubisky show. Um, 
I, that doesn't change much for the fantasy outlook at the wide receiver position uh, or any of them. Like you're playing George Pickens as that big boomer bust, kind of like we saw against the Cleveland Browns. He took a, a big, what is it? 75 yarder to the house. Um, yep. Like that's what you're looking for there. He's your flexible kind of guy, uh, especially as we maneuver through bye weeks. And then Najee Harris is a guy you're probably playing based on volume, but you don't feel great about it, even though he didn't look too bad last week. He just has not looked explosive besides maybe one or two games near the end of last season since his rookie year. I just don't understand what happened, how he's just kind of disappeared off the map. Ravens is not a great matchup either, um, but it's probably someone you can't avoid when you consider there's bye weeks on top of the fact that the running back position has been weak. Um, so you probably have to roll him and hope, but if you have other options, I would not blame you for putting him on the bench. Ravens side of the ball, they are looking like they're going to get back Rashad Bateman. He was a full participant in practice. Odell Beckham and Justice Hill, both limited participants in practice. Um, these games between the Ravens and Steelers end up being more times 13 to 10 than they do 28 to 24. So I'm trying to figure out how to limit fantasy plays the best that you can. You're still going to play Lamar. You're still going to play Mark Andrews. You have a chance to flag Zay Flowers. And then I would say it's desperation play for Gus Edwards based on how bad the Pittsburgh Steelers have looked. But I'm trying to avoid it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, and I don't think I would throw OJ back out there yet either, even if he goes. I know he's missed a couple of weeks. He's uh, actually been dropped in a couple of leagues that I'm involved in just because it's just it hasn't really even turned into targets for the most part. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, ends up catching a touchdown in this game, though. So, like, again, if you're 0-4, 1-3 at this point, uh, obviously what you're doing is is not working. So if you want to take a stab at throwing OBJ out there and really hope for a touchdown, uh, but it's not a very high floor game opinion. And if OBJ scores a touchdown and does not again do the self-revive celebration like he did the first game with the Rams that he got a touchdown, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> next game in the 1 o'clock window is the Houston Texans hosted by the Atlanta Falcons. Texans one and a half point underdogs and I would argue that they should be favorites in this game that's how good they've been playing lately okay I'm going to refresh the betting odds as I talk through this game because I agree when I saw that the Houston Texans were one and a half point favorites I know we're going to survive our picks later uh but they were one of the teams I was looking at uh not just because of how well they've been playing I know there's a little bit of hype going into it uh, for sure, you know, they're two and two tied for the first place in the division with the AFC South. Um, better than we expected. CJ Stroud is balling out, still yet to throw an interception. Shout out to him. But the Atlanta Falcons, they played in London last week. And how many times have we seen them not the team that doesn't take a bye because they don't want to take it early in the season? They want to take it later. Fought flat the following week. And Desmond Ritter didn't look good last week. Like there was fights between him and Mac Holland on the sideline. Desmond Ritter is still the starter. I mean, I'm at least putting a bet on Houston Texans plus one and a half. I will say the odds are the same. They're both minus 110. Uh, so it seems like it's pretty, it could just be that home field advantage, but still kind of surprised that it's. Oh, and then betting tip. If you're going to be able to get a point out of them, as opposed to just picking them to win, picking their money line for the same exact odds, 
take the point. <laughs> right. That's really strange that they did that. Because normally if you see that, they'd make it a pick them. They wouldn't even have a line. But yeah. Just I don't clear, understand. The the money line is a little bit lower. Or it's it's plus oh, okay. it's the minus one and a half and plus one and a half for whichever team are identical. Just to clarify. Oh, that's also normally slightly different, but right. Okay, never mind. I thought you meant Texans plus one and a half and Texans money line were the same odds. I'm like, what? I, I might want want our money line just because they're better. And like I said, I debated yeah. picking them in Survivor. Obviously, that's not going to be my pick. So you have to stay tuned for later in the the episode on who that will be. But I do like I do like that bet. I do like that. That's got to go into Cody's Hail Mary parlay of the weekend. I was one off on my Hail Mary parlay last week, actually. I just wanted to throw that out there. I almost lost the Eagles one. I uh, I got I lost the Dolphins pick. I had the Dolphins over the Bills and that Hail Mary. That was the one I lost. I didn't place a single bit in football last week. Um. Anyway, Texans side of the ball. Uh, are you playing both Dell and um? I am blanking on the wide receiver one's name. Nico Collins. Thank you. Yeah, I'm playing both. I mean, (laughs) one's probably going to have a bad game. One's going to have a good game, but I don't know which one it's going to be. So I'd play both for sure, especially when you don't have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and uh, Keenan Allen this week. Like, there's a lot of good wide receivers on buys, and those are some guys that have been balling out. I'm with you there. Um, Damian Pierce can go in your lineup. He's actually been better after the first two weeks. We're kind of bust. He's broken 10 two straight weeks. Good matchup. Um, and CJ Stroud can go in your lineup as well over some of those quarterbacks that might have been struggling in the first half of the year or first part of the year so far. Falcon side of the ball, we got Bijan, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. with the wide receiver situation, you could throw Drake London in there. He gets targets. They're not great targets because Desmond Ritter has not been the best. But, like, he's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. If they can throw it up to him in the end zone, he can come down with it. So, like, flexible Drake London. But outside of that, you can also cut Kyle Pitts or just save him for when he gets straight at the deadline of the Cowboys. Did you call me crazy? I was actually going to bring this up right before we switched off. Yeah, I think Pitts to the Cowboys seems to be the favorite. I want Pitts to go to the Texans. Uh, they just paid Dalton Schultz, though. I don't care. Could be fun. Cut it Dalton Schultz, fun. whatever. No, I, I just feel like if Pitts goes to a team like Houston and they're like dedicated to, we're going to move you around the formation. You're going to actually target you. We're going to get you, you know, targets from a quarterback that has seemed to be throwing more quality targets than does Desmond Ritter at this point. He would have a good chance to break out and he actually could bring that team to another level if he's used properly. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. We'll have to see how that moves. Uh, but right now, Johnny Smith is seeing the same amount of targets and scoring more fantasy points than him. So that's the the Falcons we're living in. Another team that was frustrating one of the couch GMs that's not here, Tyler, up until last week is the Tennessee Titans. They're frustrating. They are taking on the division rival Indianapolis Colts. Everyone wants to talk about the Colts side of the ball with the Jonathan Taylor thing. I'm going to make you wait and talk Titans first. Um, they have... Traylon Burks says it did not participate. He's still dealing with uh, cut him. Yes. He's still dealing with problems from that knee issue from the preseason. Um, 
Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins were both listed as limited. You don't have to worry about them. They were both marked as rest, not injury related. So they should be good to go. Um, Hopkins could be another guy similar to an OBJ that you could throw in your lineup this week and kind of hope for a touchdown or he's been very kind of up and down, but he's been getting targets also. Mm. He needs traded. I don't know why he signed with Tennessee and he needs traded. And he's traded to a contender. I didn't get the signing. Tennessee in and I... just beat Cincinnati by 20 plus points. Okay. Are you really going to tell me that these are a legit contender? They're, like, they're in the running to win their division because of how bad their division is. Okay. I'm not saying that they could contend with some of these powerhouse teams in the AFC, but you never know what the heck happens once the team gets in the playoffs half the time. Okay. Yeah, he needs traded to a contender. It won't happen because he's on a one-year deal. Yeah. But uh, I mean, they beat the Bengals twenty-seven to nothing, but they also uh, lost to the Browns. I believe was that the team they lost to the week before. They lost, and I forget who they else lost to this season because they beat the Saints. No, they lost the Saints. In they lost the one. Saints. Lost to the Browns. And then they beat the. All I know is why I said they're frustrating me is I'm in a picks league where you pick each matchup and I am over for picking the Titans. When they pick them to win, they lose. When I pick them to lose, they win. I'm picking them to win this week, so they'll probably lose. So change it to lose right before the game, then you got it. Um, Colt side of the ball, like I said, Jonathan Taylor, very interesting take. We kind of did mention in the first segment how we would try to avoid playing him if you could help it, but you could throw them in there if you're desperate. Titans have a tough defense against the run, though. So kind of a tough, you know, undertaking if you're hoping for a big game out of him right off the bat. Uh, Zach Moss is not playable anymore if Taylor's back. Zach Moss is my favorite sell-high candidate if you have somebody who is not following what's going on close enough and thinks that Zach Moss's recent success is sustainable. If you get any solid value out of Zach Moss, you need to find a new fantasy football league. If Taylor's back. after you win it this year, then you just don't come back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that sounds really rude to Zach Moss, but heck, go out there and try to, to trade for him. And I just want to make sure, like, don't hear or not saying, well, we're trying to avoid Jonathan Taylor, but like, if you're in the, you had to go get what is Jaleel McLaughlin? Jaleel McLaughlin. That's second straight, is. second straight show this week. I have to mention who Jaleel McLaughlin is to you. Right, like if you picked him up on the waiver wire because you're not sure about Javante Williams, like don't play him over uh, Jonathan Taylor. Like don't play, uh, you know, a shot in the dark over Jonathan Taylor. But if you have options because, you know, you got him later because we, we you drafted late and he was going in the sixth round, he's not a guy you force in your lineup. Jonathan Taylor or Miles Sanders? Uh. I know we just talked about this. He's Limited participants should be fine. Against the Lions, I'd play Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor or Jameer Gibbs? Jonathan Taylor. We just talked about Gibbs isn't being used. I know, but some teams are relying on it. Like they don't have the that's a ability good like, to like. You, that's a great example. Have Gibbs in the third round and you took Taylor in the sixth. Yeah, you can switch in Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. I think we're on the same page about where the line is to play Jonathan Taylor now. We got one more game in the one o'clock window. We mentioned New Orleans Saints beating the Titans in week one. They are now traveling up to New England to face the Patriots. Patriots are one point underdogs at home. Um, major only major injury for the Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson still dealing with being banged up. He's a limited participant. He's probably going to be fine. Um, Saints, Derek Carr, limited participant still. They're also missing Jawan Johnson right now. He did not participate. Why is Carr playing? Maybe he can throw better this week. They just, but really- no, I, I am so frustrated that they didn't play Jameis Winston after you saw Carr just not being able to do anything. Yeah. I, like I said, must be feeling better. That's all I got. Like, I, I can't explain it. That's really where I am at with Derek Carr. So, less than a point from Chris Olave, me says that I hope you, you're right. Yeah, I, I got you. Play Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Play Alvin Kamara. Yard, He's but he'll get the targets. <laughs> He's going to get 13 of them again, probably. Just watch it. Um, and I think that's why Michael Thomas had a better game than Chris Olave, too, because he's also somebody who lives on five-yard ins and slant routes, and that's been his career. Like, he just catches the ball a million times. And, I mean, he didn't have a great game, but he had better game than Chris Olave did because Chris Olave actually gets depth on his targets, and Derek Carr couldn't do that. So everyone out here that has a deep shot in that game, that would have completely changed. It would have been like a 14 point play just out like a yard too far. So like that, that's the the thing with Chris Olave. Like he can turn any play into, he's very similar right right now, especially with the situation to like a George Pickens. Like you probably don't want to have that guy on your bench. And I'm not saying say Chris Olave, that's not what I'm saying, but like you just have to, some weeks are going to be low and some weeks are going to be, Week winners. Some weeks are normally not going to be that low, though. That one just hurt. Um, but yeah, I got you. Uh, Patriots side of the ball. I never know what to say. I'm talking about who would play on the Patriots. Hunter Henry. You play him. I have him as a sit this week, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but it's also the tight end position. You can play him. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lamont- you could dart throw at him. It's just the Saints give up bottom five in points to tight ends every single year. So that's why I like other options. But uh Ramondre Stevenson, he's like borderline playing this week, but he's a guy I would maybe start making some moves for the trade. So the schedule gets real nice middle of the season. So that's a guy that could break out as we progress through the game. But yeah, the Patriots, uh Bill Belichick's worst loss as a head coach happened last week against the Dallas Cowboys and again the end with Jack Jones on the bench. So not really sure what to expect from this one. Will Bailey Zappi go from cut to practice squad to starter before the end of the season? And we'll just have a real storybook ending for the – well, not a true story, but then I'll win the Super Bowl. But an exciting <laughs> season for the New England Patriots. Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, maybe it's going to be the next Tom Brady. Who knows? Should we move Bro, to the 4 o'clock window? Like, we can't even put that out. We got to cut that. That shouldn't even be on the podcast. Like – well, good luck finding it. I'm not. I'm not giving you a timestamp on that one. Forty-seven twenty-nine. There you go. Okay. Everyone remembers when George said the most ridiculous thing on this week episode. It's going to be the title and everything. Um, <laughs> four o'clock window starts off with the L.A. Rams hosting my Philadelphia Eagles. 
Rams obviously getting back Cooper Cup. Hopefully, um, they opened his practice window. He was a limited participant, but Sean McVay seems very confident that he has a good chance to go. Kyron Williams did not participate in practice Wednesday. We do not have a Thursday report from them yet, Cody. If you want to check while I ramble and see if there has been any updates, um, maybe I'll help with Kyron Williams' status. I don't think Cooper Cup. We're going to learn too much more about though. Um. Biggest thing when it comes to the Rams side of the ball, as we've been mentioning, is we've been, you know, flex appeal for Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua has been a very solid wide receiver one slash two at this point. I don't see any reason why you have to take Puka Nakua out of your lineups, but I am avoiding Tutu Atwell if Cup is back just because I don't see enough targets to make three people relevant. And I think he's the most likely one to be out. Um, you know, not get enough targets, anything, but, um, and then I think I'm playing Kyron Williams. If he goes just with how good he has been lately, I think that wraps the Rams. Any update? Oh uh, yeah. Kyron Williams is limited. Cooper cup was listed as full this week. So he's expected to go. I think Kyron will go. Kyron's in your lineup. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, you're still playing Puka Nakua. Like what he's done the first four weeks is legit record breaking. So like you're not gonna overreact to Cooper Cup, but it's also if you can pull off a trade for somebody, you know, Puka Nakua and a player for a truly elite number one wide receiver option or a number one running back, or you know, get a guy like I don't think you're gonna get Tyreek Hill for Puka Nakua and a player. Like I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh I've seen but like could you get Stephon Diggs? Could you get Devontae Adams, AJ Brown? Yeah, I mean, you could for sure. And I, I mean, I've seen so like it's all over the spectrum. I've seen offers uh, that people somebody offered Pukunakua for Brees Hall. Now that we're, we haven't talked about him yet, but he uh, apparently is no longer on a snap count. And like people were hesitant on that one, which I thought was interesting. But that just goes to show some people are really scared of Cooper Cup. And then some people are like going out there and getting Jalen Waddle and a player for Pukunakua. So like it's been on the sides of the, the spectrum. So definitely a guy that probably will be moved a lot over the next couple of weeks and his time to just isn't any higher right now, unless Cooper cup would, unfortunately, which we're not wishing for. I'm knocking on wood, go down with another injury. hundred percent. And then Eagle side of the ball. I think you can play all the usual suspects being Jalen hurts, Deandre Swift, both AJ Brown and um, Devonte Smith. And I also think that this is my last chance to trust Dallas Goddard. I mean, Dallas Goddard's actually been even worse than some of these guys that we're already giving up on. Uh, but the Rams are literally borderline green matchup. Second, I'm sorry, third. No, it is second highest over under total for this game compared to any other game in the NFL this week. So they're expecting points to be scored. And the Eagles have been hinting a lot at Dallas Goddard's too good to get this few targets. There was whispers of that before AJ Brown broke out for the Eagles here. And we also saw his sideline, you know, argument, but uh, the Eagles have been pretty, you know, predictable when it comes to when they're mentioning, we got to get this guy, the ball, that guy tends to get the ball. It happened with Deandre Swift from week one to week two. Also. Yeah. Speaking of that, can you cut Kenny Gainwell? I think you can cut Kenny Gainwell. I'm attempting to hold him if I have the option, but like there's a couple leagues where it's like I had to activate Jamison Williams. I cut Kenny Gainwell. Um, I had to go out and 
grab a wide receiver to play as a flex. I cut Kenny Gainwell, like that kind of thing. Yep. It's not a, I got you. We're on the same page. Yeah. With that one. So let's talk about this uh, must win game, or that's so what Joe Burrow is calling it the Cincinnati Bengals traveling out west to the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are three point underdogs despite the Bengals scoring three points in two of their four games. They have not looked good. T. Higgins uh, didn't practice, not expecting him to play with the rib injury. I don't think that means you run out and you know grab Tyler Boyd, maybe play him in a DFS because uh, would not be surprised if he you know, breaks out for his random game he does every year with no T. Higgins, but again, not running out to grab him. Uh, I'm trying not to play Burrow because he's just been, you know, he hasn't scored 10 points in fantasy, I don't think, all season. So I'm trying not to play him. I know that sucks because you probably spent a third or fourth round pick for him. Uh, and it looks like a really good matchup. The Cardinals haven't been, you know, they've been able to put up points, but they they beat the they had a complete breakdown against the Giants, but then they had a big win against the what the Cowboys. I don't know why you wouldn't just jump right on that. And then <laughs> they had a decent game last week. Yeah, that's why I thought you would love to rub it in that the Cowboys lost the Cardinals. Uh, but yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm being nice. No, I think I'm thinking about you? how, like, I don't know. I think I'm thinking about how I made some start sit TikToks. Make sure you go check those out and get some fancy advice, ask some questions in the comments, whatever you have to do. And I had three guys in this matchup alone. I was saying people should sit Burrow. I was saying don't feed into Tyler Boyd, sit him as well. Um, and I was saying start James Connor because James Connor is one of my favorite you know, kind of like borderline running backs this week. A lot of times people had to play him as a running back too with how things have fallen. He just had a bad week against San Fran. Cincinnati hasn't been great against the running back. He's going to jump right back. They've allowed the most eight-plus yard runs on the season. So, And James Conner's just a bowling ball. Once he gets going, he's hard to stop. So, Yeah. Hollywood Brown, flexible as well. Josh Dobbs yep. just looked competent, so shout out to him. Shout out to them. Starting Josh Dobbs in the Dynasty League where my only other quarterback is Justin Herbert. Let's uh, let's roll with it. Let's get your jersey going. At least they now have his jersey in the Cardinals Pro Shop. So shout out to Arizona for making that happen. The next matchup, you hinted at the second highest, but this is the highest over under. That is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm going to keep this one real short. You play both quarterbacks. You play both pass catcher options, and you play both top running back options. There you I go. like how you said pass catcher because I was like, what wide receiver are you playing? You mean Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and Taylor Swift is expected to be in attendance. Just get that is out she? of the way. I haven't heard that yet. I'm pretty sure I saw that come across my social media, but um, who knows? I've been trying to avoid all of those, but I know there's some people out there. Maybe we'll raise the awareness and we'll get some more views of some Swifties want to listen in and learn about football. And we welcome that. Yeah. I mean, never mind. I was going to drop some <laughs> Taylor Swift lyrics. And if I bossed up one word and one Swifty heard it, we could go viral for the wrong thing. And I don't want that to happen. Uh, it's him. Other- hi. He's the problem. It's him. Um, oh, God. We're down that rabbit hole. <laughs> The team who Taylor Swift watched last week, the New York Jets, are traveling to Denver and Mile High this week. Um, and they're going in there as two and a half point underdogs. Actually, it's funny. My all my quarterback choices for that league I mentioned them starting Josh Dobbs was either Josh Dobbs or Zach Wilson. Um, so I'm pretty sure you would also agree with me that Dobbs is the better option. Maybe. 
Okay. This is a great match when you look at it. I'm pretty sure Denver has actually given up the most points to quarterbacks so far this year. They are on a historic pace for worst defensive on all time. Like, I feel like we say that every year, uh, but because of how good they were last year, I don't think people have, like, because, you know, we talked about, you know, this one with the Lions last year. They eventually turned it around. They have some guys, Patrick Sertain, Justin Simmons. They can turn this around. But they are doing, they are on a historic pace for bad defense. They, Elijah Arab, Evero go to Carolina. I mentioned that earlier when they brought in Sean Payton. Speaking of Sean Payton, uh, this is the dude that called out Nathaniel Hackett uh, and said that this dumpster oh. fire was not our, that was one of the worst coaching jobs we've ever seen. I don't remember the exact quote, but excuse me, Mr. Sean Payton, your team is playing like hot garbage as well. Uh, so the New York Jets, you know, had a almost victory. Some people were pissed off about the non-call, no call. It was holding. It just wasn't consistently called all game. Like, it's the official of the NFL league. We have to get used to that, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, I would not be surprised if the the Jets come out heated from that game, heated for their coach, have their back. Like, I understand why they're underdogs. It's the, the New York Jets. I mentioned a couple minutes ago, Brees Hall. Uh, they they're taking the uh, the leash off. He's full go. No more snap count. I think that's good. Thing you played Brees Hall this week. I know that's scary, but this defense is that bad. And uh yeah. You know, I'm not saying go start every single jet because like I don't know how much you really want to trust out like Garrett Wilson, he's in your lineup this week. Same situation mm-hmm. as George Pickens and the guys we talked about. Take one yep. Chris Olave. Uh I'm not running out to start Alan Lazar, Randall Cobb, any of those guys. Maybe if you want to throw a tight end dartboard at it, sure be it. Tight ends, whatever. Uh but yeah. Zach Wilson, DFS play of the week. Interesting. Okay. Dude, Matt, so, dude, that dude has to be super cheap, though. Like, if you're, oh, if you're, you're 100%. He might even be the cheapest quarterback. It's um, like Dynasty League where some people are holding three quarterbacks. It tells you if there's only two quarterbacks available that are starters, and it's Zach Wilson and Josh Dobbs. He's got to be cheap in DFS, too. Yeah, but if, if I could get Zach Wilson and then get Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey and still put together a lineup because of that and that matchup we just talked about before, I like that DFS lineup this week. Okay, maybe we'll have to draft a Couch GM DFS lineup to post on social before the Sunday games just so you can see how Cody pieced together Zach Wilson with a solid lineup to win. Um, but yeah. I like it. That's It's not a bad play. Cool. Um, keep an eye on that on our social medias because I'm going to hold Cody to it. Broncos side and, of the ball, Jovante. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was, I was going to talk about the Broncos next. Uh, this Jets oh, is really good, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to play anybody. I'm not shocked by that because like you look at it and there's the names, like there's the Jerry Judy, there's the Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy's also every, Carolina, by the way. As a that wouldn't guy. be I wouldn't hate that. That I could see that. Um but like you look at it and it's like these guys are supposed to be doing well. Look at their name. And then like they're disappointing, but then you look at like Cortland Sutton, it's like I feel like he's doing absolutely nothing and I don't want to play him. But he's put up 10, I think, two out of the last three weeks or every week of the last three weeks. It's like, you could do worse, but, like, I feel like he's doing literally nothing. I don't understand. Yeah, and I still ain't playing him. (laughs) No, I mean, but then you're going to look back, like, five weeks later and be like, you know, if I would have played Cortland Sutton, he did better than that guy every single week, and I'm still not going to play Cortland Sutton. It's, 
I almost feel like he's turning into Amari Cooper for me, where it's like, I never trust playing Amari Cooper, but he's better than I give him credit for. Hey, when they play the Raiders, I might say start them because that defense is pretty bad too, but not against the Jets. All right, so we'll keep an eye on the Broncos whenever they play the Raiders. I don't want to go look at where that is right now. Two more games left. I think we're doing decent on time. We're doing better than last week, Cody. Maybe it's because we have some buys. Um, sure. Sunday night football is a great matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. This might be the closest spread the 49ers have had all year. I'm not sure if that's true at all, but three and a half point favorites over Dallas. Um, and when you consider they should technically be gifted three for being the home team, half point, that's pretty close. Um, and this should be a very close game. Cowboys are fairly healthy. San Francisco has CMC appeared on the injury report, but it was just for rest. Eli Mitchell is still banged up. Um, hopefully they don't even need him if CMC stays going. And Debo Samuel is still limited. Debo is the interesting person I want to talk about first off because he didn't even have a catch last week. Brandon Ayuk has really broken out as the number one pure passing target on this team. He's leading all players, including CMC, in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. And that's still with Debo having a decent start to the year. Maybe part of it's because he gets a couple of carries and he gets some jet sweeps and they use him in interesting ways, but Brandon Ayuk seems legit and it concerns me for the long-term value of Debo Samuel. So if you look back, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. Uh, when Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle all play, one of the three always has a bad week it's all it's like there there's because there's chris mccaffrey so there's really four options there but it's almost there's not enough to go around to feed all three of the pass catchers so it's which two are going to have a big week this week maybe it will be debo like we saw him was it two years ago against them in the playoffs he had a really big game when he was on in his contract year so maybe it's a debo week this week Maybe it's a George Kittle week. And I think that's really what you're debating. Is it a George Kittle week and it is, or is it a Debo week? Fortunately, you're playing George Kittle if the tight end market is so bad. But it, I, I do think Ayuk has proven to be like the go-to guy for Brock Purdy down the field on the action passes. And Debo is a little bit more gadgety and I'll have to, I don't think they're scheming up big play opportunities. They're giving him the opportunity to make plays in space, which he is definitely capable of. But if he doesn't have the 40-yard run touchdown, does he get enough opportunities to be a consistent player? Something we'll have to monitor for the season. All right, so I want to go back to your Darren Waller comment and play devil's advocate with you. Um, and also to go with what you said about the two out of three theory, I think it's more a one out of three theory at this point um, because CMC is getting so much work. And I laughed at the whole the San, Francisco, San Francisco is just spreading the ball out so much. No, they're just giving the ball to CMC every single freaking play. It's so frustrating for, for anyone that doesn't have CMC. Um, George did. But like George Kittle, I have him in two other leagues, at least. So he's like he's helping me and frustrating me at the same time. And I don't know how to feel that probably need to talk to somebody about it. I don't know. Um, George Kittle's only had one good week all year. And it was week three when they had no Brandon Ayuk. So then you could have said it was the two out of three theory. And, you know, George Kittle was in the end there. Um, but even last week, Debo had 0. 0.6 points, I believe it was. Kittle had 1.4. 
And then Ayuk had like 17 and CMC had a million and a half. Um, like with CMC there, I don't even think it's a two out of three. It's a one out of three. And George Kittle, who you're saying, oh, you have to play him because of the tight end market, has actually scored less points this year than Darren Waller. Okay. And you're telling me that Darren Waller's droppable, but George Kittle's a lock in your lineup. Yes. And there's one reason why. Because of the team around him? Correct. I don't. In what world do you trust the Giants to put twenty-four plus points? I don't, and I'm not saying. So, you do, in what but world when you look do, at it, it's two-two in matchups between like who scores more between Waller and Kittle. In what world do you expect the 49ers not to put up twenty-four points? I get what you're saying. It's not great. We're talking about tight ends. It's not. Great. But I'm going to take the opportunity, even though it doesn't look great at the moment and the expectation with George Kittle. And again, I think we kind of saw the two, like George Kittle was not as highly drafted as he's in the past. He was going in round six, seven, eight in some leagues. Like we saw this coming with the, the arrival of Christian McCaffrey and his injury history. I get it, but I would take a tight end on a good team that versus a tight end on a bad team might technically have a few more points than him in terms of fantasy uh, through four weeks, but we're talking like one extra point a week. It's like a four-point difference. So So moral of the story is play Jake Ferguson instead. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, But seriously, though, he's been one of the better tight ends in the league. I believe he is like seventh or eighth currently. Um, And then Cowboys side of the ball. Tony Pollard has quietly been like one of the most used running backs in the red zone um, all season. It's like, I think he's led two of the last three weeks in red zone touches. Um, So that's clutch. If you're looking as a fantasy player to be like touchdown opportunity that right there. Um, And CD lamb obviously is a go as well. Dak. I don't like playing Dak against a tough San Fran defense. But I feel like there could be some points scored too, because I don't see Dallas just completely folding against San Fran. I don't. Where are you at on that? Yeah, I I would try not to play Dak. I think the real question for this matchup, and it's we don't normally talk about these players, and I say players because it's a collective in most leagues. But like, you don't want to play the Cowboys defense, but like you have to play the Cowboys defense. Like they they've been scoring so high, but like. Everyone's, you know, I think I, I mentioned it on the bonus episode, so sometimes there's some nug there too, but the Cowboys defense would be ranked as QB7, RB3, wide receiver 4, and tight end 1, doubled the amount of the current tight end 1s if they played in the skill position with the outpoint they're putting up. They've scored over 80 points through four weeks of fantasy football for a defense. And like in this matchup, like you have to have the conversation do I stream the Detroit to get the Carolina Panthers instead? I, if you do, you don't drop the Cowboys defense. Typically, we're like, hey, you know, 100%. you're streaming defenses. You can just drop your current defense, add another one, and then you're dropping them for another guy after, and you just have a rotating defense. The Cowboys have officially become one of the defenses that, even if you decide to not play them to stream, you better keep them on your bench. And if you don't want to waste the bench spot on a defense, you're playing the Cowboys defense anyway. The 49ers are up there in that. 
Um, I mean, the Eagles, for the most part of last year, were in that conversation, too. I don't know if they're going to be this year once they get to that hard part in their schedule, but they've been fairly solid. Like, There's not many defenses outside of those three I'm thinking that would fall into that category. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I saw I'm with you. It's not unheard of to stream the Lions defense or another defense over the Cowboys this weekend, a tough matchup, but it's also not a must. Because the Cowboys defense could still get a couple turnovers and get you eight, and that could end up being a ceiling for half the defenses in the league, and you're fine. But they might not be a weak winner like they have been recently. I think that wraps that game. Do you want to take over Monday Night Football? Hell yeah. Monday Night Football is the Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. The... Hang on. That, that can't be right. Nope. It's right. Packers are one-point underdogs in this matchup. Uh, I just talked about how bad the Raiders are. Um, Maybe because of how bad they looked on Thursday Night Football, so I kind of get one. Maybe I'm a little bit of a homer. Uh, you... I can see that you're typing right now. Uh, Jimmy G did practice, but he's still in caution protocol. But being that he was a full participant, we expect him back. Devontae Adams did not practice after he hurt his shoulder. Uh, I would still expect him to go. And remember, this is just their first day of practice this week because they're the Monday night game. Uh, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, limited participants. Luke Musgrave, clear concussion protocol from Thursday game. He's back. Uh He's seen some targets, but they're not connecting it. I don't think he's worth playing. Uh, as much but I didn't as even I think really... about mini buy on top of everything, and they're still an underdog. Yeah. Baby, I'll be ch- I mean, it's even I... more insane than I thought it was. I forgot they played Thursday. Do you know? Okay. <laughs> tangent, because Cody can't do a podcast without doing a tangent. Do you know that you could get Packers Lions tickets for as low as $87? The week leading up to the in, game in Detroit, in Green, in Green Bay for the Thursday night oh. game, as low as $87. The lowest ticket currently, or not currently, they've dropped a few dollars, but at the time they got this information, the, cur- the cheapest ticket was $453 for Packers Raiders. This is the most expensive game of the season for the Green Bay Packers. I don't understand why. I hate that I picked it, but your boy will be cheering from section 105 for his team in Vegas this weekend. Watching these Packers beat down the Raiders and please, football gods. I don't even care. Well, I do care. Please don't let the Raiders win. But please let Joe Barry one. Let Jay Alexander shadow Devontae Adams and let Devontae Adams play play because we need Jair versus Devontae. That is one of the elite of elite matchups that go under the radar, and I cannot wait. I might be spoiling this for Cody, so I'm sorry. He recently got a shirt that has Jair Alexander doing the gritty over Justin Jefferson. I'm pretty sure he wants a sequel to that shirt with him doing that over Devontae Adams, too. Nah, that's... Nah. nah that, that's, this is <laughs> Hits for... too close to home. Yeah, I'm debating about wearing my Devontae Ad jersey. Let's maybe I can get him to sign it. We'll see. That's a good little respect piece there, too. I think that would be a good way to go. He's also, uh, I don't need to go down the rabbit hole of how everybody <laughs> I buy a jersey from no longer plays for the Packers or is injured. So, bro, amen, that. though. 
All right. I think we have but, one more thing to do before we get out of here. One more thing. And Josh Jacobs. Okay. Yep. Might end up being RB one because the Packers run defense is awful. And that is the reason they might actually win this game because it could be one of those games similar. How to the first half of the Eagles went last week. Oh, the Eagles only had four possessions in the first half. What? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It could be something very similar for the Raiders Packers game could be a low scoring quick game. Uh, but hopefully the Packers come out victorious. So Cody's going to be setting his uh, DFS lineup, but we already officially know half of it, uh, knowing that yeah. he's going to take Zach Wilson, Josh Jacobs, Justin James Jefferson, Connor. and Travis Kelsey, James, James Conner. We're even, just going to make like... the lineup on the show here, but I mean. <laughs> Lions defense and Sam Laporta. There we go. I feel like that. No, I don't need another. You're probably already... one receiver short or something, but you're pretty close. We already basically know his lineup. Okay, Cody, one more bumper to hit. Just go ahead. Uh, make sure the red. For those of you not watching, it is survivor pick time and breaking news. Cody fixed the bumper. <laughs> it no longer hey. survivor picks. It says survivor picks. Congratulations. If you heard me yell, I hope it's the right one because I wasn't <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, Survivor This is the part of the episode where everything just goes downhill. If you have not been this far yet. If you have not, congratulations and thank you. <laughs> For sure. Alrighty. So Survivor Picks. There, there's a lot of good matchups. We've talked about it. We talked about how the Houston Texans, we both like them as money line, despite being the favorite. That might be a little bit too rich for a Survivor League, whether you one life or three lives. Our specific league, we have only get one life uh, and you only have to pick seven teams and going into the season the Houston Texans were not a team I ever thought I was going to bank on uh, so there's two matchups uh, here the one is my official pick but me and George are on the same page for that one so I'll let him go the other one would be why am I forgetting would be the Miami Dolphins over the New York Giants that 12 and a half point spread I did say if Saquon I might in a betting stance take the points and the Giants, but I would still expect the Dolphins to win the game, and that's mainly because 12 and a half points is a lot. Uh, so Miami, I think, is a solid pick this week if you haven't used them already. I like the idea of going Miami if you're going to go safe. I like the idea of going Houston if you're going to go bold. I'm going to go in the middle, and I think you actually are as well, like you said. We're going with the second highest point spread of the week, and that's the Detroit Lions over the Carolina Panthers. Um, as, as well as we've seen flashes from the Panthers, the Lions should just be on another level. And even if there's no Amra St. Brown, I just think the Lions still are overall a better team. They'll be fine on offense with the other weapons they have. Um, and I think it's a pretty safe pick overall. Yeah, for sure. And that is Amra St. Brown. Like if he doesn't go, that could make it definitely more interesting but Carolina struggled I mean they lost to the 0-3 Vikings last week like they're currently not a very good team so uh, I think one of the two teams left without a win if I'm not mistaken yeah I think you're them in Chicago yep there you go that would do it already any other teams you want to uh you want to mention um <laughs> No, I the first the one that comes out to me is like, you should be able to pick Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a dumpster fire right now. Um, sorry to any Cincinnati fans out there that are listening in. It's I don't it's bad. I don't trust them enough to beat Arizona at the moment, but I don't. No, I am 
right there with you on Cincinnati is up one to play. And they're one of those teams I was hoping to bet on or bank on and survivor later, but might be sketchy down the stretch. As always, thanks for checking out the Couch GM podcast. I'm Cody Roadcap with George Kerr. Good luck in fantasy, and we will see you all next week. Boom. Nice. Choo-choo.